0: Andre Kuzmenko might be too old for the calder, but that doesn't mean we're not going to pump his tires. On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, it's Begsy, it's Bowen, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. You're Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, dear listener, and thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into the show today, we want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow is to listen every day and subscribe. I'm joined by my co-host. As always, I, I want to ask how you're feeling today because I think Canucks Nation is not very happy about the win last night, but Kyle <laughs> Bowen, how you doing, buddy?
1: Bagsy, come on, man. You, you know it's not about me, okay? It's about the people. It's about the comments. we got to start with them, then I'll tell you about myself, okay? Let's read a couple comments, get talking about the Canucks because, again, it's not about you and I. It's about them. First comment we got here, uh, what happens if Connor, and I think he's talking about Bedard, only wants to come to the Canucks? Now, this sounds fun. It sounds fun and dandy, and it's a bit of a wish for me too. But then you look back at what happened with Eric Lindros and the Quebec Nordiques and that trade with the Philadelphia Flyers, and it was a haul. So in my opinion, if that happens and Connor Bernard holds out on whoever whoever drafts him, that team that drafted him is only going to want Elias Patterson in a trade like that for real.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much how it goes down because the Canucks don't really have any other prime assets worth trading. I mean— you want to look at that trade for Eric Lindros, and I pulled it up because you know I I knew that question was coming from you. You know that was an yep. interesting comment. You know that trade for Eric Lindros. It was Peter Forsberg. Peter Forsberg, two first round picks, <laughs> a, a young Mike Ricci, a good two way forward, mm-hmm. tough guy Chris Simon, wow. an aging Ron Hextall, Steve duchenne who was an older guy. Like it was just an absolute haul. But I think at the bare minimum, if you're trying to pull a trade for Connor Bedard, the Canucks are trading two future first round picks. They're trading whoever they pick, hopefully, in the top 10 in this draft. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they're probably trading Elias Pettersson? Yeah. Like, why would they do that? It, it doesn't it make any sense. Like, well, Conor fine and dandy, but...
1: No, he's more than fine and dandy, bro. Yeah, like, he's, dude, more, he's
0: more than fine and dandy. But are you, are you going to mortgage your whole entire future for one player? I mean, look, the Philadelphia Flyers, when they made that trade, they probably regret it, let's be honest. Because, I mean, you know, they had... They had a couple, Good you know, runs. they won a few rounds with Eric yeah. Lindros on their roster, I think but they, they made, never the, made cup the Cup Final.
1: Didn't, did they make it to the Cup Final against Detroit? Maybe? I don't know. Maybe?
0: Oh, in 97. In 97, yeah, they got swept by Detroit yeah, in the swept. Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, so it almost bad. worked out. So they out. did make it to one Cup Final. It almost worked um, out. But meanwhile, the team they traded with, the Quebec Nordiques, they turned to the Colorado Avalanche, and they go on to win multiple Stanley yeah, Cups. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, who, who really won that trade? I think we know that it was... Uh, yeah the Quebec Nordique slash Colorado Avalanche. So, yeah, yeah, it's fun to uh, hypothesize about a potential Bedard to Vancouver trade, but in reality, like they're giving up a lot, a lot for one player.
1: They are. There are one more comment, and thanks for leaving the comments. We're nothing, again, without you. I'm not going to read all of this, but they're pretty much saying that the Canucks don't need to worry about the draft. They need to keep doing what they're doing. That's building building their fundamentals and bu- building that blue line, and this person was open to trading another first for another young, under-25, solid defenseman. Begzy, you're that guy with the brain. Who, like, who would be one of those candidates? Let's say the Canucks, again, finish the year strong this season, and it, you know what I'm saying? They finish a little strong, and they're drafting like 12th or 13th. You, you saw last year what the Islanders did for Romanov. Do you see a, a player out there that could garner the Canucks' first-round pick and could a trade like that happen for a defenseman? Because I don't want it to happen, but hey, this person and probably Canucks management, because you never know what them could could do something like that.
0: Yeah, I I see this being pretty far fetched. I mean, you know, again, the Canucks are picking in the top 10 years draft. You know, what team is gonna part with an under 25 defenseman? I'm like I'm even looking right now like Condre Condre Miller from the New York Rangers. You know, he was picked as a late first round pick, but he's probably what you're going to get for, let's say, an eighth, ninth overall pick right now. You know, even going back to last year, Alexander Romanov goes from the Montreal Canadiens to the New York Islanders, virtually in exchange for the 13th overall pick. I know it was a a three way trade with Kirby Dock, but it was virtually the 13th overall pick for Alexander Romanov. Um, And I will say Alexander Romanov statistically not having a great season. Analytically, not having a great season. He throws the body around but i think that was a pretty bad trade for the 13th overall pick uh yeah yeah i i just you know i'm looking at this list of defensemen under 25 like do trade? would would the islanders do it for noah dobson would they do the reverse i doubt it um and again noah dobson is a bit more offensively inclined not quite as good defensively canucks are just better off keeping (laughs) yeah you know for for their for their cycle i mean yeah, there's just there's just no one that really stands out to me as being a realistic target in in that under 25 range, yeah. um, because uh, again, even the teams like you know Tampa Bay's got Mikhail Sergachev, who's signed for eight eight point five million a year, I think, starting next season. He's making more money than, than Quinn Hughes, <laughs> but why would why would Tampa Bay trade him for a top 10 pick when they're trying to win Stanley Cups here? So I I just don't see a fit for giving up that kind of value. I don't see a fit. Like the stars aren't moving, Miro Heiskanen. You know, it's, yeah. Um, and I will say, I believe that commenter mentioned uh, Brett Pesci. Mm, okay. There um, you go. A I, more reasonable guy,
1: like a yeah, like probably a little bit better than heronic Like probably a, like a step a bit better, like consistently at, defensively. At for yeah, defensively, sure. and he's been doing it for a bit longer than heronic That's like a player that you could see kind of move maybe for a a top 15 pick and maybe throw in a second. But, yo, can we not put this stuff out there, Bexie? Can we just talk about Kuzmenko for real, dude? Let's not even go down that path, man. Again, thanks for the comments. We're always going to start the show with the comments because it's all about you, but (laughs) enough of that, bro. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I want to bring up one more point on that quick, though. So, I mean, the commenter mentioned Brett Pesci, and now there's a defenseman, David Reinbacher. Great name, by the way. Uh, A big, towering Austrian right-shot defenseman. Uh, He's projected to go in the top half of the draft. I mean, that is the kind of player in that mold of a defensive defenseman who's big and mobile and shoots right. Like, that is exactly the kind of player you want in this organization. So Mm. if you have a chance to draft him, why are you going to go out and trade for a guy who costs $8.5 million already? You know, you got to find these value deals because if you just keep trading draft picks for guys who cost a lot of money, you're going to keep spinning your wheels. So, yeah. No, um,
1: 100%. 100%. Not strategy. 100%. Not strategy. And again, now, yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah, we don't have to talk about you this. You
0: could argue it wasn't the right strategy to re-sign Andre Kuzmenko to that extension. But damn, <laughs> is he a fun hockey player to watch, man. <laughs> that's the best
1: word, bro. Begsy, that's one of the best words to describe him. And, and fun matters, especially in an organization like this where seats are beginning to be more vacant at Rogers Arena. For real, because the team's not winning a lot. Yeah. Slash, they're not that fun. and. Fun needs to happen. Again, I'm going to reference another podcast. Hey, man, West Coast bias here, man. We love everyone here on the West Coast, right? The West Coast Express, Scott Rinsell Go Goat Sports. They talked about how that was big for the organization, you know? Yeah, they want to win. They want to get in. But they want to start by having fun on the ice so people would come to the games. And Kuzmenko, he's so skilled, bro. He sees the game so differently. But at the same time, I think he's allowed to do that because of his personality he's lighthearted and he yeah. doesn't take life so seriously. And yeah, I know it's the NHL and you got to the fundamentals, the fundamentals, but man, oh man, you see this guy do it in year one in the hardest league in the world with the best hockey players in the world. And yeah, it's, it's, it should be talked about by more people in the NHL. Cause this dude is really, really, really good at hockey. And yeah, 5 million per, what was it? Five plus. Uh, what was it?
0: Yeah. 5.5 for two years. 5.5
1: for two years. Is it the right time for the Canucks to make a deal like that? Should they have traded him? Possibly. But that is a steal, and there's so much value there. And Even if they trade him down the road, they're going to get a lot more for him. But to be honest, I just feel as if he's a great deed to have right beside Pedersen because Pedersen is – he's got that little bit of captain serious to him, for real. For real. So I like the mix. I like the mix, and I'm just really, really appreciative towards Kuzmenko and how he's embraced the city and – I feel as if he's probably been the most, like Pedersen's been the best player, don't get me wrong, but there's something about the excitement that Kuzmenko brings on and off the ice that just puts smiles on faces, and right now that's <laughs> that's important. That's important for our people because this organization is <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks.
0: Yeah, and, and like I said, fun on the ice and a fun interview as well. You know, if I had cleaner audio from uh, the dressing room after the game, you know, because your boy begs you got to go last night. You know, good got job, to be in that dressing room. It's uh, not a big
1: deal. a fun job. time. Good job.
0: Uh, but I got I got to shout out Chris Faber. He asked some some great questions to uh <laughs> to Kazmenko and Vitali Krafstov was there as uh, the translator last night. But you know, he was basically asking about you know he was giving sticks to kids before the game, and Faber asked him about it. And he just said oh something along the lines of oh, I like to see the smiles on their faces, you know? Like, when you see the smiles, like, how can you not give them a stick? Yeah. And then he asked him what kind of fruit uh, he fans should bring next because fans actually brought oranges last night and had bananas and oranges <laughs> up at the glass for him. Wow. And then he answered by saying, like, I'm going to check my fridge and see what I need, and then yeah. I'll tell the fans or something like that. Like I heard
1: that. Yo, I'm actually really surprised that, the security at Rogers Arena is just like, yeah, bring it in, bring it in. I guess you're allowed to bring food in for the kids, I guess, right? Because I remember when my parents used to take me to, like, Grizzly games and even uh, Canuck games way back in the day. Like, they'd find a way to use me as the reason why they're bringing food from the outside, (laughs) yeah? So maybe that's why they're allowed to bring food in and actually give it to these players and what What a nice dude bro you know what bro I know this is a Canuck show it's not about philosophy and whatnot but bro it's we're so lucky to be here man we're so lucky to be breathing you know what I'm saying lucky to be living in Canada bro smile try your best to smile try your best to be grateful and I think that's what Kuzmenko is doing he's just super super grateful and I don't think that means he's not as serious as he should be it's just a part of his personality trait and bro come on nobody I don't think anyone is knocking him on being serious I'm just saying I think we should allow him to always be like this even if he's like not scoring in like six games and he's still smiling I hope the media or the fans you know don't ridicule him just let him be this is who his like who's been raised to be and the world needs more people like that because again he's pretty much showing gratefulness 20 gratefulness sorry 24 7 and that's that's a beautiful thing, man. Be grateful today, okay? Be thankful for the things you do have. I know you want more in life, but just, again, start there. Be thankful for what you do have.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, these guys make make a lot of money to uh, to fire a puck into a net. So uh, it's important to be grateful and, you know, have some fun with it. Don't take it too seriously, even mm-hmm. though, you know, there can be a lot of pressure, right, when media is on you and fans are on you. Um, yeah. A couple of things I wanted to bring up quick about Kuzmenko. You know, um, he was the— among players who have scored 30 goals in their first 63 career games since the lockout, he's among some pretty elite company. Only five players have done it before him. They are Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Austin Matthews, and Patrick. Patrick so
1: what who? Is that? You four cut out a bit. Patrick what?
0: Patrick Line. A. Okay. Good, good, good. So that's four first overall picks, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe... Uh, I think they're all top two picks, though, right? He's, I can't remember if Malkin's first or second overall. I think he's second, actually.
1: Toil Vachkin, right?
0: Yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, again, you got five players who are top two picks in the NHL draft, and then you have the undrafted Andre Kuzmenko. Yeah, I know he's 27 years old. Yeah, I know he's not eligible for the Calder, but who cares, man? He is a rookie in this league, and he is getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one other stat I wanted to throw at you real quick, and that is only... 16 players in nhl history have scored 40 goals in their first season Wow! kuzmenko has 30 goals in 63 games there's 18 games left could he score 10 goals in his next 18 games i mean he's not far off that pace so i know he's not going to get into the the record books which is stupid if you look at the canucks history books like ivan halenka who 30 something year old rookie is in the in the record books but i'm not seeing kuzmenko's name in there and it's up to date to this year so I, I, yeah. I think that's – it's a travesty, and I get why they don't want guys 26 and older winning the Calder. blah, 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 but yeah. put some respect on Andre Kuzmenko's <laughs> name. Just get him in the record books because he's doing some unreal stuff this season for your Vancouver Canucks.
1: He really is. He really is, and I know we have to get to break really soon here, and I'll say this again. Well, I I, I don't think I've said this before, actually, but I'll say it now. Kuzmenko is just a real – He's a real mother-father, for real. He's one of those guys because it wasn't that long ago where Taka came in and he benched this dude. And I think it was like consecutive games. And this is like a week or two after they signed him to the extension. So it was confusing. And for some people, especially with the level of skill that Kuzmenko has, that could be taken the wrong way, and especially because he was having a good season prior to that as well. Yet he has done the most to learn from it and I know the Canucks are facing, like, bottom-dweller teams going, you know, finishing off the season. And even yesterday was against the Ducks, blah, blah, blah. But for him to face that level of scrutiny from the new head coach right away and then bounce back this quick, it shows another level of professionalism, uh, pers- sorry, professionalism. And this is on top of having all this personality. You know what I'm saying? So this dude could be pretty, pretty special for the Canucks for a long time or just— the NHL for a long time for real
0: yeah like you said a real mother father that was just the perfect description right there for real uh, yeah speaking of kind of getting into the record books uh, there's another Canuck who is on the verge of getting into the record books as well um, and I'm going to tell you about that briefly but first I need to tell you that the midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to 1000 That's bonus best if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There, you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. You know what, Kyle? My Portland Trail Blazers, they they lost last night, okay? They lost the ball to the Celtics, but Damian Lillard keeps piling up the points. And if you're like me and you're confident in Lillard scoring while the Trail Blazers keep losing, well, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets For chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com locked on that's fanduel.com locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel official sports betting partner of the nba
1: great 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 trevor make those bets and feed your
0: family for real Beautiful. Yeah. Don't listen to what I told you to bet on uh, yesterday's episode. Uh, <laughs> just don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't always be right. You know, I think if you're, if you're betting on sports and you were right 55% of the time, like you're a rock star. honestly, it's, uh, it ain't easy out there. So, you know, use your game sense as I say here on those, uh, BC advertisements and, uh, be smart, be smart. Okay. Don't be blowing all that cash. Very uh, very unless well. you realize Pedersen, cause this dude is about to get paid. <laughs> And I think he can add to his resume the fact that he is just a shorthanded scoring dynamo. So last night, he sets up JT Miller for a shorthanded tally. Um, It was the third shorthanded goal that they have combined for in the past three games. And there was an unreal stat that I tweeted out last night. Pedersen actually has a positive goal differential shorthanded since Rick Tockett took over. Um, He's been on the ice for six goals four and five goals against at four on five think about that he's been on the ice for six goals scored and five <laughs> goals against while the team is shorthanded what does this guy do it's unbelievable yeah i want to say a, a bit of it is is puck luck for sure i believe i was i was chatting with thomas drance in the booth last night and i think he said something like the canucks have scored eight shorthanded goals this season on 14 shots <laughs> yeah like, their shorthanded shooting percentage is is pretty mm-hmm. high but uh but you don't know, you feel like that's always them. the case?
1: Like when we're talking about if we're kind of if we're gonna bring in shooting percentage when it comes to scoring shorthanded goals, I feel like that shooting percentage will always be high because you're not really getting a lot of shots.
0: I, I agree, and I'd I'd be curious to dig into it because I I think like what, eight for fourteen is is high. It's it's okay. it's unrealistically high. Okay, okay. I know there's probably higher shooting percentages shorthanded because it is odd man rushes yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but that seems that seems a bit crazy. Um, but you know, I did want to bring up a couple things on this point. One is that Pedersen now has eight shorthanded points on the season. He's in sole possession of first overall in the NHL in terms of shorthanded points. <laughs> That's something no Canuck done before. Yeah. Uh, Pavel Bure, uh, and Russ Courtnell have both tied for first overall in terms of shorthanded points, but no Canuck has had sole possession of first overall in shorthanded points. Damn. Um, he also has the most shorthanded points in the NHL since 2018, 19, no player has registered Eight shorthanded points since 2018-19. Whoa. And that was... Uh, the guys who did it were Mark Jankowski, who had eight, and Michael Grabner, who had nine. I think he had like six or seven shorthanded goals that With the Islanders, so, right? Uh, Arizona Coyotes. Oh, okay, Arizona okay, Coyotes cool. that year. Yeah. Um, so what is doing, again, pretty crazy, but I did want to ask you, Kyle, are are Pedersen and Miller actually good penalty killers? Or are they just putting up points?
1: Well, I think... They're good penalty killers compared to what this team has done in recent history and what their lineup has done in recent history when killing penalties. You know, they're just going to look – they're going to look good. I I think Pedersen. – I'll say this about Pedersen. I think I'm not surprised because, again, his level of tenacity is underappreciated league-wide because, you know, people are not staying up to watch Canucks games. But, again, we've said this already on the show many times, his effort level is – Top notch. There's not a lot of players in the NHL that work harder than Elias Pettersson. He's got that offensive touch as well. And just the way he reads the game, he's able to do a lot more than other players. He's, a, he's able to close up gaps quicker, and he's able to do things like he did yesterday when he knocked down that puck from behind the net. The, the goalie, I forgot the dude's name, but this guy took a full shot around the boards. You know, He didn't he didn't fan on that. But Pettersson's able to knock that puck out of midair and even kind of mess up on the pass but still get it to Miller, and boom, bam, it's a goal. I yeah. am not surprised because Pedersen is an outlier type of player. I, I'll say this too. I don't watch players like Matthews every day and Mitch Marner and Dreisaitl and all that stuff. So I don't know if those players are working as hard as Elias Patterson. but Pedersen's about to enter that category again. You know, he's, he's back there. He's back there. You know, he was there in year one, and now he's back there for sure over the last 14 months, 15 months. This dude is – Top seven, top eight in NHL, probably in the way he's been playing. Maybe if you add up the points, he's up there too. Now he's killing penalties, and he's just playing a lot more hockey as well, and that's another reason why the Canucks are winning games because he's just on the ice more, for real.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and now I, uh... JT Miller, answer
1: that, answered that for me because you, you were at the game yesterday. You know, you get to watch it closer. What This is the dude who's been playing better defensively for a little bit now, for real. He has been, whether it be under it or just – before Taka came in now he's killing penalties with petterson i mean i feel as if there's not a lot of people trash talking miller in his defensive game anymore for real
0: yeah i, I will say shorthanded you know despite the fact that petterson and miller are creating offense and scoring goals i do think the game needs some more refinement i still think they're both a little too aggressive shorthanded miller in particular mm-hmm. Um, Last night, there was only two power plays. I think it was one of those games where like (laughs) both teams played at half speed. I think the refs weren't calling penalties. Like everyone just wanted to go home. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was not a good hockey game last night. Um, But yeah, I I think in general, what I'm seeing from Miller and Pedersen shorthanded is they're still just too aggressive. There needs to be some refinement there. So despite the fact that they're putting up points, if you look at their expected goals against at four on five. Here's where they rank among 343 NHLers during that time span. Pedersen ranks 303rd in terms of expected goals against, and Miller is 327th. Whoa! So they're both at the bottom of the league in terms of expected goals against, and that kind of matches what I'm seeing. Maybe they're not. I'm not. They're not as bad as what I'm seeing. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think they're still too aggressive. They're still they're still getting scored on. They're still giving up chances, but it's just being overshadowed by this offensive breakout yeah. short handed.
1: No, it is, and who knows if they're in it for the long haul as penalty killers for the Vancouver Canucks, and who knows if they actually get the full 82 as the PK unit three or four, one or two next season. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I think it's a good thing for the fundamentals and practice habits for those two to be playing shorthanded and scoring goals shorthanded because I don't know if the players are really analyzing or micro-analyzing the data like that, but they see... These two doing their thing shorthanded when it comes to putting up goals, and it can kind of find a way to trickle down towards the lineup. Like, oh, crap, our best players, the players who get paid the most, who are in the top six, our top two centers, put up all these points. They're also doing this, and that's what it's going to take to to win. It's not going to be Connor Bedard. It's, it's going to be the practice habits and the fundamentals, man.
0: The fundamentals. Yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, we talked about two guys on yesterday's episode, Neil's Oman and Dakota Joshua, who I'd like to see get that, you know, PK one opportunity and face that stiff competition. Uh, that way you're not playing Miller and Pedersen, you know, 59 minutes tonight, which it seems like the Canucks are doing right now. But, um, We'll see if they, those guys get a chance for the end of the year. And if you didn't hear us talk about Dakota, Joshua, and Nils, Amon, go check out yesterday's episode yeah, of dude. Locked On Canucks. Yeah, uh, we dude. got one more segment to get to, and it's kind of a new, uh, a new thing I want to debut. You know, since I was at the game last night, you have that eagle eye in the media booth. I want to talk about a couple of Jersey fouls. Uh, okay. And I like the alliteration, so I'm going to call it Jersey jesting. That's coming up next on Locked On Canucks. We're back on Locked On Canucks. I'm Trevor Banks. He's Kyle Bowen. Um, so jersey jesting, okay. Working title, okay. So we're in our first full week of Locked On Canucks. We're uh, trying. If you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. Um, but there's three. I'll, we'll call it uh, jersey fouls. I saw last night. Why don't or you just call it that, yeah. jersey fouls? Why do, like you like got, a- why do you got
1: Why do you got to call it jersey je- like? Why don't you call it jersey fouls?
0: Because, yeah, I don't know. So one of these, I felt bad about calling a jersey foul. It just kind of caught my eye. I'm like, dude, you got that jersey? Really? Uh, it Wasn't really a jersey foul. A jersey jesting okay. is more like a playful way of like okay. jesting is like a playful way of making fun of something. Okay. Jersey Jersey fouls like just don't do that.
1: Okay. Okay. So, I like it. I like it. You're a nice guy. You're not Canadian. Yeah, okay. Cool. Nice, nice guy, begs you. Okay. Okay. Nice cool. Continue. Bank continue. Keith.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm gonna start with number three, and and this one wasn't quite what you're gonna what you were predicting in terms of a a jersey jest or a jersey foul. But right beside the penalty box last night in row one, there was an Oilers fan wearing an Oilers jersey, which I still don't get, man. Why do you wear your Oilers jersey, your Boston jersey to Canucks games when the other team's not there? It's weird. So it was an Oilers jersey, person in an Oilers jersey, and a person in in a ducks jersey. And at first, like, you know, when the Canucks went to the penalty box in the first period, this Oilers fans like up and chirping the Canuck in the penalty box and standing and going like tell me, the <laughs> class. I'm like, what is this A-hole doing? <laughs> And then in the, in the, when the Canucks score later in the game, the guy's up and cheering. Whoa. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs>
1: Dude, this guy's having a good time, bro. This guy's living a good life. Maybe he's he is an Oilers fan or maybe he's just he's got a, a, a closet full of jerseys and he just loves hockey and he, ha- he happens to have a, a good amount of FU money in his bank account, so he has season tickets and he's just, you know, just watching games. You know, it's 7 o'clock in the city that he's in. He can watch a game. Why not? Maybe he's doing that. Or maybe it was a Chris Pronger jersey. and.
0: Him, yeah, and, that's interesting. Yeah. him I, and his homie I, were like, yo, yeah, let's, let's do this. Know. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, my, my theory too is that, you know, there are a lot of casual fans and they're probably not listening to this episode, but there are casual fans out there and they're in my family um, who just will cheer for any Canadian team, you know, and don't understand why you wouldn't just cheer for every Canadian team. Mm-hmm. And I think I would imagine most people listening don't feel that and I certainly don't feel that way. You will never catch me cheering for the Oilers, the Flames, or the Leafs. Uh, two more jersey jests I want to bring up. Well, you're gonna the- cheer for the Kraken.
1: Wanted- Come on, man. Tell the listeners you, you're gonna you're, you just ordered a Kraken jersey. Let's tell them.
0: No, no. I all tell I said them. was I would rather see the Kraken win a playoff yeah. round than the Leafs. I'm, yeah. I'm not cheering for the Kraken. Okay, I don't want to yeah. see the Kraken succeed. Okay. Um, I saw I spotted a Sven Baertje jersey last <laughs> night. Cool. <laughs> Kind of surprised by that. And I I pointed out to a couple guys in the booth who were is equally surprised. But the worst one from last night, the winner of our first edition of the Jersey Jest, someone had a Jason Dickinson jersey. Who paid someone paid money for a Jason Dickinson jersey? Now, granted, from, from the Eagle Eye in the media booth, it looked like a knockoff. So they weren't spending all that full money on it, but mm-hmm. that was still a choice that person made to buy a Jason Dickinson jersey.
1: Maybe their last name is Dickinson too. Maybe uh, like was it a girl? Was it another dude? Maybe it was no, a it, partner. It, it
0: looked it was... like a, it looks like a guy.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. Jason yeah, Dickinson that's gotta was gotta be like one of
0: the most disappointing yeah. jersey purchases out there. One hundred percent. I've got some buddies, and I don't know. Have you bought any jerseys you regret before, Kyle?
1: No. Not at all. Yeah,
0: me, me neither. I, I've only bought a couple of jerseys, and I think the only one with a number I've ever bought is a Henrik Sedin one. I'm not a big like spend a couple hundred dollars on a jersey kind of kind of person. Oh,
1: uh, you will be soon though, man, because you're gonna be a rich man. Okay, FanDuel's got your back, and Locked On Canucks got your back, and the people got your back too. Okay, the more subscriptions we get, the more Trevor can do for himself. Bexy deserves it. You heard it first, man. He's a he's a nice good old Canadian dude, and. Let's let's make sure Trevor can buy a jersey with the name on the back. Are we too old for that though? Because some people some people like chirp for that now. You know, it's it's like you're you're thirty year old man. I'm a thirty year old man soon. It's, it's I know you're you're not thirty yet, right? Are you 30 what's your birthday? No, you no.
0: you turned thirty first, man.
1: I turned thirty first, right? Because you turned thirty yeah. in July. Yeah, July. I turned thirty first. So people are kind of weird on that too. Like what you're buying? Uh, like you're buying a jersey with a number on the back, and you're thirty years old, and the dudes like. 21 who's on your back i don't i don't think it's weird at all man people take life way too seriously dude
0: yeah i, I don't have a strong opinion on it for, for the most part i, th- I think it's fine I'm not, I'm not sure if i would do though to be honest with you um maybe leave leave us a comment what? Uh, let us know if it is okay to buy a jersey of someone younger than you
1: so what you're not gonna uh, you never rock a... judge
0: man. me and kyle don't judge but we want to hear your, your oh, thoughts on it. <laughs> actually matter.
1: since you're a part-time media guy you, uh, dude it's probably cringe for you to rock a jersey right Oh, I don't, I don't care.
0: I don't, I'm not rocking it to the booth. No, but... not to the
1: booth, but even, <laughs> like, what if you're at the Canuck game and you're just in the stands and you're you, and you're rocking the jersey? I, I
0: couldn't care less, man. I'm still a uh, Canuck fan. I don't
1: oh, care. Oh, okay. Good, man. Good, dude. All right. There you go, man. Part-time media member Trevor Bags is still a full-time Canucks fan. Okay? He's for, He's not doing it for the paycheck. He's doing it for you, all right? For real. The listener, the viewer of this show right here, and just the listener and viewer of everything Trevor Bags, who covers the Canucks, very well he's doing it for you and the team for real beautiful man
0: and what kyle meant to say is we're doing it for you and we want to thank you for making locked on canucks your first listen every day now make your second listen game to game locked on nhl every moment every performance every result locked on game to game covers every game from across locked on nhl with local analysis that only locked on can deliver follow game to game on locked on nhl available on audacity youtube and wherever you get your podcasts. Kyle, until next time, and you, thanks for listening. Wait, until next time.
1: L- let me say one more thing, okay? Let me say one more thing. We got some new background music here. It says that we're allowed to play this stuff. Let me let me try this. What? Oh, it's not that great. I just want to say, be grateful today. Be thankful. Peace.
0: You're Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks